Welcome to the Oxley Bomb MotoGP podcast. everyone it's the oxley bomb MotoGP podcast it's um where are we december 2023 but it's actually the first podcast of november still of uh, 2024 <laughs> you got that one there did yep, you yep, right <laughs> so that's um that's me i haven't introduced us in case you don't know uh oxley is matt oxley old racer old journalist and my podcast partner is peter bomb technical for all forever in different paddocks world supersport world superbike motor 2 motor 3 always data recording sometimes crew chief and currently also part-time journalist yeah so peter's a proper insider he's we need to make that shorter and eh? we need to cut it yeah. <laughs> it's long. uh Peter is, um, yeah, he's the man on the inside. You know, he spent most of his life in pit lane, on, inside the garages, not outside the garages, which is kind of what we're going to be talking about today, inside garages and outside garages. Are we, <laughs> and we're going to talk about the Valencia tests, which happened last Tuesday, but, you know, uh, and I'm sure you have read a bit about them, but, you know, hopefully we can sort of tell you stuff that you um, that you didn't already know. So, I mean, you know, obviously the main thing of the test was Marc Marquez and, and going on the on the Ducati, on a second-hand Grazzini Ducati. And as soon as he signed for Ducati in September or whenever it was, um, maybe October, and even the, earlier when, 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 when people were talking about him going to KTM, you know, a lot of people were kind of coming at me on social media saying, he's finished, he's washed up, he hasn't done anything for the last two, three years, it's all over. You know, the world racing world's moved on, you know, he's had his time, blah, blah, blah. And I kind of never came back at these people because there's no point. You know, you're talking hypothetical. You did not Until the wheels are turning. No, I didn't. I did not. But I, <laughs> I didn't come back at them because I just... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's there's no, the, yeah, I, I'm right. That's all I want to say. Um, you know, I I didn't want to come back at them because it's just a hypothetical argument. And what's the point of a hypothetical argument? But, you know, no one in the paddock had any doubt whatsoever that when Marquez got on the Ducati, he would be mega fast and battling for the title next year, you know, um, so on. So, so Peter, what what did you make? Let's talk about Mark. What did what did you make of Marquez and and how he was riding and how he was already planning for twenty twenty four in various ways, which people probably don't already know. Wow. First run, he he goes out, uh, Matt. He does seven flying laps and he built them up almost exactly a second a lap. When he comes in, he was third fastest and he did a lap time that was more or less the same as how he ended up free practice one on a Honda where he's been all his life on and he looked so fucking comfortable. It was yeah. it was really, you know, and the way he, was, he looked on the bike was not pushing at all. He went out, it was, just get back to what I said, it's his first outing on the bike. So he goes out, yeah. um, messes up one lap, I think, because trying to, to do find some switches that obviously were not there. Just sitting more or less in the middle of the bike, just doing everything by the book, not by the bike, not pushing, nothing, not moving too quickly, no corrections at all. Gradually trying to learn the bike every lap, a little bit later everywhere, a little bit later everywhere, and comes in and he sees his lap time. And that if you see that Mark can do that already in his first run, can do that lap times without any pushing at all, that was very, very impressive. 
event. The rest of the week of the day was just trying to understand the bike more. At one point, he did, again, a sort of a time attack. Quite good as again. In the end, he finished third fastest, which is, for some people, even disappointing because even Banyaya, many people were really expecting him and put the pressure on him. He's fastest, he's fastest. But the way he did his lap times, even his time attack was so calm, completely controlled. Just, he's not still at, he's still not at ease on the way. He's like amazed of some of the things that he does and some of the things that it probably does not do. So he's just, just testing water. And <laughs> so he is smiling all winter long. That was something special to see, especially for most I mean, the thing you've seen it on the internet because it, it went more or less viral. When he came back after his sort of a time attack with a soft tire and he put it on the top of the list for that moment, he comes in and the smile he had to Frankie. We turned his head, yeah. you know, he, remo- he does always everything exactly the same. He puts off his helmet and his airplugs and gloves and then he turns to the right. Obviously, there was a camera there and that smile says that was really, really easy. He was so confident. Later, he did another time attack and then he said, I, he didn't say, but I could see from the body language that he was again saying, this was easy. And he made a signal with the fingers like, I just need more laps, just need more laps. Nothing like, you know, usually, you know, the sign language from riders. Usually it's about the front or the yeah. rear tire that let go first. Yeah. This was just, no, 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 more laps, more laps. Don't touch anything. So yeah, I'm not even surprised. I'm just happy to see him doing that. It's so, so weird to see Marco on Ducati, but he's doing what we all knew he was going to do, eh? Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, Mark, you know, he's so, I, I think people don't understand, a lot of people don't understand how clever he is. I mean, we often say that on this pod, how clever he is. Just, wow, he's just mentally just, you know, he's thinking way ahead of everyone. And, you know, he always used to come into, and he, he told me this a while back, you know, that he, whenever he comes into the garage and sits down, the big thing he does is not show emotion. So he comes in and sit, this is when he was working with Santi Hernandez at Honda. So he comes in because he doesn't want to show emotion that might skew the engineer's view of what he's about to say. So yeah. he's basically emotion free and then just just blah, 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 just says this, that, and the other. There's no emotion. There's no, you know, he's the kind of opposite of Alicia Spargo who comes in going, ah, fuck yeah. it, ah, fuck, fuck, fuck this, fuck that. <laughs> you know, or, or, or crying in joy if the bike's really good. You know, that's Alex. He's just, Alicia, he's just kind of on the rev limiter of emotions, whereas Mark Marquez is, is a cold-blooded killer, basically. So he's the opposite. So the fact that he came in with this big smile said an awful lot. And that smile wasn't just for Frankie Carshady, his new crew chief. It was for all of us and it was for more than anything for all of his rivals <laughs> because it kind of basically told them like, okay. <laughs> and as you said, he was so smooth on the bike and, 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 and you know, you, you realize now that he got his success on the Honda and he had a huge amount of success on the Honda. Uh, was it 59 wins, six world titles, um, an awful lot of crashes because he was always overriding the bike. That's the only way he could get make the thing do the lap time was by overriding it and just sticking it on the brink and, and nearly crashing all the time. That was how he extracted the winning lap time out of that bike. And then he gets onto the um, Ducati, which, as as Pecco said a couple of weeks ago, the big thing about it is it's all around smoothness. And straight away, he's riding smoothly. So he's, you know, in, in a matter of laps, he's adapted his style from this mad kind of, you know, fighting sort of, you know, mad dog attack kind of style that he had on the Honda to just like, you know just smoothly riding his way around the racetrack so i mean i yeah it was just astonishing and i'm you know everyone in pit lane was just like wow but at the same time yeah 
That's what we expected. And at the same time, everybody in pit lane expected it. But when you see it, yeah, more or less the way he did it, I was expecting him to be more spectacular on the bike and then, then be in the top three. But it's a scary thing for the competition that he didn't even look like he was trying. No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. The other yeah. thing that caught my attention is he did 49 laps. Well, there's only two people who did less laps than him. Alais, who's injured and i think salvadori yeah. because they were usually working on on many things on the carbon sashi aprilia so yeah exactly I, 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 alice alice espargro he he left early because the leg he hurt yeah. um in qatar was too bad and salvadori was mainly there to test the carbon fiber aprilia and and he took over from um alice once alice went to hospital but 49 laps, uh, Matt, that, that is the least of everybody. And, and yeah, there, there were other guys who were doing, yeah, they were doing, there were other guys doing like 70, 75 laps. 70s. And you're now going to tell us why. Yeah, 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 yeah. So doing the least laps and immediately being, yeah, immediately being on the pace and then, but it could be, first of all, we learned that the day after, so yesterday, he had surgery on his arm again, nothing too serious, but arm pump. So it turned out he suffered arm pump uh, the second half of the season, but was hiding it like, like he's always hiding stuff. And it explains yeah. probably some of his um, performances that differed so much from sprint race to the real race, because there was probably not only the Honda that couldn't do it on, on the long distance but probably also Mark knowing Mark or being Mark he hided it and had his uh, so maybe it was because of that I don't think it hem it hindered him that much because he did a lot of short runs what's probably behind it is the amount of tires because every manufacturer yeah. has a all the all the teams have a certain amount of tires that you can use for testing and with the new concession rules coming in um, the most successful manufacturer has the least amount of tires to test and 2024 is starting has started this was the first test of 2020 Mark probably decided, I don't need a lot of laps. I have an operation tomorrow. I want to feel the bike and that's enough. And then later when I really needed to really need to work on very specific areas, I have probably then more tires available for myself. So it could be part of a, a bigger strategy, Matt. Could be. Yeah, I, I, I agree fully because I mean, you know, it was an important test, but at the same time, it's Valencia, which isn't a great track to test stuff. Uh, it was cold, so it was risky um, and you couldn't learn that much. So it just made an awful lot of sense to save tires for 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 you know Sepang guitar tests and and tests during the season. It just it's just Mark and also his crew chief Frankie Karshidi, I think already thinking way ahead. You know that's because that's the that, that's that's the way he is. Yeah. And you talking about him how he he never Marquez never complains about anything. So he never you know and again for for reasons not because he doesn't want to but because. Don't tell anybody you've got arm pump problems because you're just admitting a weakness. And people, as soon as you admit a weakness, people will take advantage of it. And and also, although he has a very aggressive riding style and has knocked off a few riders in, in his career, including Marco Bezzecchi on Sunday, you know, he then got sent to the moon by Jorge Martin, <laughs> you know, when Martin just sort of rode into him, you know. And afterwards, he said, I, I, you know, I'm not going to say anything against Martin. I would have done the same. You know, he was trying to win the championship, completely expected it. He, he Marquez, you know, so obviously, a very aggressive rider but he never complains when somebody else screws him up so and, and that is a, another very important exactly. part of his kind of makeup he's you know all of this stuff is is about thinking about what you're doing and and, and how riders are going to react to you and so on you know 
all riders knock other riders off sometimes. But then when they get knocked off by somebody else, they whinge and moan like mad. You know, it's, it's like us, you know, if, if you're driving in a car, or riding a bike, and you get cut off by somebody, you're like, bastard. And then 20 minutes, you do exactly the same later, you do exactly the same to somebody else. And you just go, oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> you know, so that's just the way we are. But he's just very <laughs> clever in the way that he... You have that self-reflection, yeah. uh, Matt. You admit yeah, it? Yeah, I do. Um, uh, <laughs> okay, we get old. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean... I think that's probably enough about Mark Marquez um, because, yeah, uh, we, we could go on all day. Yeah, well, it brings me, Matt, to to, to explaining that maybe maybe it's, it's good explaining that on these tests, uh, looking at the list doesn't mean a lot. You have to look under the radar in between the lines to see what happens. Exactly. Because actually, the lap times weren't that great. I was expecting to be under the lap record, no doubt about it. Because what you do with the Michelin tires is driving all day on your own rubber shell. You get just more grip, more grip, more grip. Even if you're in the afternoon doing a change on your bike, which, is, which makes the bike effectively worse you can still go faster or do the same lap time so it's very yeah. deceptive so there is and this means all everything together means that there are different types of riders having a different agenda so peko mihaya was out and all day he was too slow and he looked like being in trouble actually when the camera caught him he was working so much on the bike but for no lap time just no lap time just working 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 it's actually made me worried a little bit for him because i know he's trying things now we learned later that he was all about the engine all about about the throttle connection, all about the new engine, the reaction to that. And probably, because if you're that far ahead with Ducati when you're in the Ducati factory bike, first of all, he was interesting. What made him the most happy in his debrief, he said, it was not worse than the, than the current bike. Okay, well, he learned that in the past. <laughs> this can be the case sometimes. If a rider is very happy that at least I don't go slower or he doesn't feel worse with the new thing, that's interesting. But he, he knows now, he was just working on, for example, next year we have the fuel a little bit changed. At least 40% of the fuel that we have in the fuel tank must have been, like, say, synthetic, not fossil. So this yep. leads to, to to the manufacturers needing to do not just simple, a little bit mapping, a little bit richer or ignition. Could, could well be that Ducati already for months is testing with the new engine and having different piston crowds, different cylinder heads, just you know, different profiles for, for cams, whatever, you know. And maybe he was trying that and maybe it wasn't that fast, but he knows, yeah, this is the engine I have to write. I better start learning it now. So this is one example of the different agenda. Complete other side of the spectrum is a guy like Raul Fernandez. He gets his hands on the 23 Aprilia for the first time. So all he's doing, he's doing more or less the most laps of everybody, is enjoying himself and being fast, 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 all the time, fast with the bike. So Raul was in a sportive way, like a, a good surprise for me. He was in his first run on his old bike just to test the circumstances and then he was on his new bike and his uh, overall lap by lap by lap he was probably one of the fastest he did lots of 29 so he was very very fast enjoying the new aprilia he's not making the headlines if you just look at the at, at the, the result list at the end of the day but what he was doing um he uh, he was obviously using a lot of tires as well so everybody has his own his own agenda what, what they were doing there the one thing that surprised me or a couple of things surprised me jorge martin crashing um, a bit disappointing because he yeah. also needs to do the work on the 24 it's it, you do that work not for ducati eh? you do it for yourself so and he crashed on the place where everybody crashes where jack miller crashes in uh, into turn 11 is where you switch from left turn 10 is left you and you switch it over to the right without braking just just closing the throttle a little bit there is no load on the front but we know that you lose the front there when it's cold and it was track temperature wasn't so bad but the wind was very cold and it's the first right hander yeah, the after a couple horrible. of left handers him seeing crashing 
that was like a bit disappointing for me because you you sort of damaged your testing program maybe the bike the bike went <laughs> went proper so yeah. a bit disappointing that he even now lost his hat wasn't professional enough to do the work and the work yeah yeah well maybe you know that maybe that'll be another he'll give himself another kick up the ass about that and you know maybe he'll change a bit for next year you just don't know do you um one last thing on the ducati thing situation um marquez and marco bezecchi <laughs> um oh, yeah I've rarely seen rarely seen a rider more angry than Bezeki after the race on Sunday. He came to the he came to his debrief with a beer. <laughs> he was trying to chill himself out a bit. And oh, and um and yeah. And you know, so he was saying some pretty bad things about Marquez and then obviously Marquez said, Well, he just does the same to me all the time anyway. So 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 I think um we, we could see, you know, to to me, you know, Bezeki is like Rossi. He's the most Rossi of the VR forty six guys. And and Marquez and Rossi hated each other eventually because they're so like each other because they're both killers and and it's the same with Marquez and Bezeki so so um I think that could be quite a kind of flashpoint for next year um and one final final thing on the Ducati is that they're all spying on each other they've all got each other's data and one of the first things all the other the other seven guys did was look at Mark's data Bastianini when he came to um to his debrief he'd already looked all he'd spent the whole afternoon looking at, at Marquez's um data to see and and, and and apparently he was already the fastest Ducati rider through turn eight, which is, I mean, not a particularly big balls corner or whatever, but nonetheless, wow, you know. Oh, um, it's, so, yeah. it's a good one. Yeah. And and so, which leads us neatly on to Honda, uh, obviously where Marquez has just left and blow me down if Honda don't come out with a what seems to be a good motorbike. And, and, and the most amazing thing is that they had their first prototype, 2024 prototype at, at uh, Misano at the test, which at the Grand Prix, which was only, well, it was kind of mid-September. And so, Basically, two months later, they've got another complete new motorcycle, and and it looks to me like they've finally clocked on to what they need to do, which is make the bike longer. You know, the the the, 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 the Honda was always very short and snappy, and they've made it longer. And um, Peter, you can explain to people why MotoGP bikes are getting taller and longer, which is what Ducati and Aprilia have done. Okay, they led the way. There you get me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What Ducati did is you do the lap time in a little bit of a different way. When you make the bike a little bit lower and a little bit longer, you lose cornering, but you can gain in acceleration and you can gain in braking as long as you're, especially as long as you're more or less upright braking. And that that's what Gigi did with the Ducatis. And it doesn't make you overall automatically faster, um, but it gives you a fighting bike. You can overtake, nobody can ever overtake you. All tires, you're still accelerating very well. Shit front high, you can still brake quite late. Um, so that's more... That's simplified the reason behind it. So the bikes yeah. had to become longer and a little bit lower to have the center of gravity not so high. Because with a high center of gravity, you're fighting all the time the wheelies and the stoppies, whatever, you know, whether you're opening your throttle or you're braking. So you lose so yeah. much time. Riders are not able to use an, a logic percentage of the time full throttle on these bikes and have full deceleration. And that's why making them longer and lower was a good step, uh, which Ducati did years ago. And then they spent all the years to try to still make it reasonably turn and Ducati found yeah. that um KTM's close and but for example Yamaha has no idea but anyway they have another engine so they're trying a whole different philosophy to to do that but Yam Ducati of uh, Honda finally went in this direction and this also means it must mean that they lose one of their or maybe the only knife they still had which is for Mark to be able to brake late and turn in with a serious bloody amount of brake pressure with the forks completely bottoming and then still turning in 
have the rear floating behind him. But being able to outbreak people by putting it always underneath them was Mark's biggest tool. The downside yeah. from that bike, that shorter, higher bike, was as soon as you start to think about accelerating, the thing was just spinning. You had no grip, which sometimes yeah. helped him a little bit because he was able to use a soft tire when nobody else was. So when Mark did one of his good results the last one or two years, it was always a situation where the most people could not use a soft rear tire and he could. And yeah. they never changed that character. So it's like, like, like a real revolution inside Honda. And it's sort of irony that on the same day that Mark is, the, of course, doing yeah. well, but that he's on another manufacturer, they bring a complete other, other bike out of the box. Because you told me yeah. Mir was, you know, over the moon. Oh, so happy. I mean, yeah, Johan Mir, when he came for his debrief, he was just so happy. And I mean, he's had a horrible, horrible, horrible season. I mean, he's, he's got one top 10 finish and so many DNFs and like 24, crashes. 25 crashes. Jeez, I mean, really, you know, I mean, the, uh, somebody told me that he left the track because was it on Friday that he, that he had another big crash? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, and, Friday morning um, already. Bam, that he let he, that, that, that he left the track in tears. You know, I mean, just I mean, oh, yeah. you know, you can only he's only he's a human being you can only take so much of a beating you know unless you're marquez who isn't really a human being he's just something else um but so mia said yeah the, the bike stops it turns and it's got grit which is you know fits exactly what you were saying that especially from the grip point of view and also i think sounds like honda have made the engine better so they, they you know because that was another problem with the honda which always kind of amazed me that you know honda are the engine company you know and and just for years they just seem to struggle to get a, a motor gp engine that um a helped the bike into the corner with a negative torque and B helped the bike out of the corner with a smooth torque delivery um, and it was just like how can they just year after year not get that right I just found it amazing but maybe they've yeah, turned a corner nice. you know now they've got they've got uh, Luca Marini who was faster than Mir uh, who spent two three years on a Ducati they've got Johan Zarco who spent um, three four years on a Ducati and um, you, you know so, so this could you know maybe next year I, I, I don't think they're going to dig them out of the hole immediately um you never know but i, I don't think they will I, I think it'll take a while but it certainly looks like they're not going to be in the mess that they have been the last couple of seasons now you don't like conspiracy theories me neither but something comes up now <laughs> when i said it's it's exactly this day i think it was qatar 2022 that paul spargaro was on the podium with the honda and he was convinced actually he was going to win the race and mark was four that was already strange and that bike beginning of 2022 was probably the same honda as we have now because that was a longer bike with more rear grip it just didn't turn in the way mark wanted it but paul liked it paul was never as fast as with that bike and as soon as Mark fully came back and the direction went again in the, in the direction of Mark, nobody else could ride a bike anymore without crashing except Mark every now and then. I yeah. hope it's coincidence, but we, we, we will learn. It's Let's say it doesn't make, maybe it doesn't matter at all, but it's just something that comes up now when, when we put the things in, in perspective and, and in, the, and in the line over, over the timeline. I said, hmm, there was a Honda bike that was quite different and quite successful with, with another rider on it. So happens, but sure. we need to speak I, about I, somebody I, else as well eh, before we run I out of time. I interviewed Paul is, I interviewed Paul Espargaro a few races ago and kind of asked him, you know, what he thought was the problem with the Honda. And he just, he just said it was all down to the engine. He said, you know, the engine is the heart of the motorcycle and he just blamed it all on the engine. Um, wow. Uh, who knows? He's a rider. So is he right? Is he wrong? I don't know. But, you know, I, I, I think Honda got a lot of, had a lot of problems with everything, basically. The chassis, the engine, the electronics. And I still think, I still think they struggle with the, with the Magneti Morelli um, yeah, electronics. I, I really do. 
you know? I think too. And yeah. you, you know, so they are quite stubborn and, and yeah, yeah. Why don't you know? It's just amazing that they haven't signed more guys from either Magnet, Magneti or just taken electronics guys from wherever. Um, you know, they apparently try to get Gigi to linear. You know, I don't think they need Gigi to linear, but maybe they need a couple of Ele- Ducati electronics guys that that know that know how to make the Magneti. You know, it, it wasn't a complete con- coincidence that Ducati started winning again when MotoGP went to the um, spec, spec Magneti Morelli ECU yeah, yeah. because because they'd been working with Morelli for 10 years and more um, yeah. whereas most other factories hadn't you know so they had to they had to work out how to wait, make the Magneti stuff work whereas Ducati were like well we already know um, so that this must hurt for the for Honda being Honda they take big big pride in the engine you know you exactly. and me we've been in Motegi exactly. Museum a couple of times and every time I leave the museum I'm even reminded again it's all about the engine Honda has so much proud yeah. in their engine they, they love making special engines they need the sashi yeah. wheels to carry it around but it's all about the engine and now year <laughs> yeah. after year you know even Fabio Quadraro is passing him in Qatar I mean the, all yeah. the alarm bells must have gone in Honda because that's that then it's really personal and it is yeah, yeah, and 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 you and you you just mentioned Honda like making engines, and they can make as many engines as they like next year because obviously we've got this new concession systems in that uh, Dorner have pushed through. Probably, I, I would love to have been a fly on the wall in some of those meetings because you know Dorner, you know, it's all basically all horse horse trading this kind of stuff. Dorner obviously saying to Ducati, KTM, and Aprilia, we need to give Honda and Yamaha bigger concessions. It needs to be unanimous. Eh? Everybody has to. Agree. Then we gave. Yeah than we gave to you to help you out. We yep. need to give them bigger concessions. And, and you can imagine the other factories did not want this to happen. Why, why are they like, well, why, why should we give them a leg up? You know, it's not our fault that, they, that we're ahead of them. We we came up through those concessions and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, but next year, basically, there's a sort of sliding that they've changed the concession system in case you don't know. So basically, it runs on um, points, constructors points, and it changes it a couple of times during the season. And, you know, the more points you score, the, basically, the less concessions you get the fewer points you've scored the more you have so the, like for example Ducati have the fewest tyres they're not allowed to have any wild cards next year uh, they can't change the engine during the year they get one aero update whereas Honda and Yamaha being at the bottom of the constructors championship they get they can use as many engines as they like whereas uh, I think that doesn't mean just numbers of engines that means specs of engines so the Ducati Aprilia and KTM have one engine spec for the whole year and they can use eight engines whereas Honda could have a new engine spec at every race if they wanted and the same with Yamaha so so this is going to help them you know try to catch up that's obviously Dorna Dorna wants every, everybody at about the same so you've got a bloody great battle at the front all the time so that more people turn on their tellies so that Dorna make more money out of TV that's what this is all about ultimately so a big this is a significant thing for Honda and for Yamaha, especially because Yamaha, as we talk about often, um, you know, an inline four engine, it's harder to get more power out of it. And um, Quadraro uh, on Tuesday at Valencia, uh, you know, a little bit more power maybe, but they're expecting a big step at uh, Sepang in February with this, uh, the latest engine designed by Luca Marmarini, the former Formula One Ferrari en- en- um, uh, engine designer. But uh, I mean, what, what do you think, Peter? Do, do you think that they can get enough power out of that Yamaha? 
I don't know. I, I don't have the level to say, to have an authority to say anything or just make it up. useful about that. It. It's just that nobody else did it before. So they have the history uh, against them. And unfortunately, in line is, is very hard, apparently, for lots of reasons to extract enough horsepower. And they 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 went, I mean, I just heard you say, now we have to wait to Sepang, but we keep telling each other for two years now, or maybe at the next test, something will come. It's something should have yeah. been here. What should have been here was a crazy fast engine that was, was probably breaking down. It was probably not so easy to control the power it was probably using too much fuel or whatever but it showed some raw speed and it did not it's just nothing what home, what yamaha brought here was in my opinion quite disappointing if i hear fabio quattro saying in the debrief uh, yeah, the bike is a bit heavy because the new aero that we have on is not even made from carbon now you don't need to have everything yeah. on carbon on your bike <laughs> but it doesn't take no. a genius to realize that everything that is far from the center line of the bike has to be very light otherwise the bike just doesn't change direction everything that is yeah. one meter outside your bike if you bring your bike from full left to full right you have to carry it meters everything every weight that is in the center you don't feel when you you push it from left to right so it's quite an important area to save your weight on you know far away from the bike and exactly there they put yeah. some whatever composite or plastic material on it so this doesn't give me the best feeling and but but the most that can be just a small thing but it adds up at yamaha i've never seen anything interesting for so long i never see engine improvements i've never seen proper arrow and you hear fabian saying now yeah when they bring a little bit more arrow okay i have less wheelie but then i have no top speed at all left so now no no it looks very very grim for yamaha yeah they're they're in a th- yeah if it's a uh, kind of catch 20 situation now if you haven't got the yeah. horsepower yeah. You, you can't run exactly. run the uh, anti-wheelie aero so then you have no acceleration because the bike's wheeling and so so you've got a double yeah. double negative you've got less horsepower than the other guys and more wheelie so so you can't use all the power you've got <laughs> you know so it's exactly and, and, and it's kind of weird i mean mar marini's i think he started working at yamaha not at the start of this this year but at the start of last year but i think they've yeah. still not yeah. raced exactly. a mar marini engine they've not raced a mar marini engine as far as i'm aware yeah they call it the italian engine or the european engine and it's not good it doesn't look very good i think quadraro tested the first marmarini engine at, at mazano and he said basically no difference yeah. and and i think they had another little step at, at valencia basically no difference and and all the times the the special exhaust is coming and going you know the really long one that he, yeah. he, he he's, he's almost telling you maybe he hates it because it's it's yeah. actually quite strange to when when journalists ask him do you feel any difference is it any better why are we seeing this and this exhaust again i don't know i I have no idea really i don't like it and yeah, i have no yeah. idea why it's back on the bikes i mean if riders tell you that think about it yeah 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 i mean it's um it's strange and, and it, it's very strange that it's they're waiting until sepang you know marmarini's been yeah. working for ages to have this new engine and, and that's like you know a month before the start of the season you know yeah. so if it isn't right they're they're completely screwed you know so exactly. um yeah okay we've been talking quite a while now but We're matt go- i have to stop you here i have a very important message because we've done 33 minutes so we're going in the overtime but there's one guy we need to speak about you know who i am about yeah I, I know who you're going to talk about we forgot one guy pedro acosta yes exactly yeah <laughs> of course can i start yeah. with what everybody could hear over the donna feed that paul treverton was telling when he came in not the first run actually i think somewhere in the middle of the day pedro comes in and paul treverton was overheard saying another good run mate fucking hell <laughs> That's your crew chief <laughs> talking to you after you put your helmet off. Yeah. So, and Paul Trevathan yeah. is not easily impressed there. Eh? He's not, he's seen no, a no. lot. 
Um, so he did the fourth most laps of the day, Pedro Acosta. He comes from Moto2. Yeah. He's never been on a MotoGP bike before. So he didn't really had the chance to prepare his body or his mind for it. If you do this amount of laps already on the first day, I know it's not the same as as, as 100 laps in Sepang because Sepang is, is more demanding. Sure. But still for a rookie to do this amount of laps, have one very small cross, crash, which you could exactly explain, means he's physically ready. But it also tells me that quite likely his head is very very ready means yeah. his head is ready in the way that he's not really impressed he's just very very happy playing with a new yeah. toy that can do so much more and everything happens faster but it doesn't make him tired not his eyes not his head not even his arms his position on the bike when he's riding it looks like he's already three year on it eh? it took him maybe yeah. 15 laps to be completely comfortable over the bike and being on the right moment on the right time moving very quickly and very smooth over the bike using his body completely different than ever on the motor tool so by the looks of things he's already world champion but he's not of course and he hates speaking about it but he made a quite impressive uh, debut for me De- definitely yeah. I, I saw um i saw Trevathan at the airport the next morning we were talking about it and um he just said like well yeah wow he's just such a you know comes in with no ego basically i'm a world champion but you know i'm zero now you know this is a new game don't, don't treat me as a world champion um and just start you know he's a real worker acosta he realizes that 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 um that's you've just got to work and work and work and work and train and train and train and train and you know i think what he did he had one little slide off little front end nothing big um 1.2 seconds off the top which is just a kind of nice gap really isn't it just shows that he's just there working around he's not doing anything crazy not doing anything stupid he's just getting in the laps and learning and learning and learning and so he'll have um at sepang he'll have he'll be able to do the shakedown test because he's a rookie and the main test in fact obviously also the shakedown test just briefly going back to the concessions the the honda and yamaha riders can do the shakedown concession test as well and they can do as many tests during the season as they want so how but how are they going to fit that in with the riders yeah yeah with yeah, their with yeah. their grand prix riders their so how riders. are they going to fit that in when you've got 20 <laughs> not sure if that's good news yeah <laughs> yeah oh, man i mean it's insane <laughs> 22 rounds and then loads of testing it's just i mean what um but anyway yeah acosta fantastic great to see him just yeah no, no doubt that he's got an, an immense amount of talent and a great brain on his shoulders another thing that uh, i keep i keep raving about him i need to say one more thing he was second fastest in the average lap time charge you know you have oh sorry the top speed time you have the ultimate top speed but you also have like the average of your best five yeah. top speeds yeah. and he's second ktm in there this is quite good because he's a rookie means out of the last slow second gear hand corner he already knows exactly where to put the bike where to put his body how to treat the throttle um, because the acceleration that you do on the first 50 meters determines the top speed that's it after that you're just yeah. a passenger but it also yeah. shows how easy it is nowadays to to accelerate a MotoGP bike from the corner. It's probably two and a half years ago that Brad Binder was keeping telling us, oh man, it's so hard. If I exit the corner like that one in Valencia, I have to keep turning to the left almost to, until I'm on the grass, then turn to the right until I'm almost on the pit, ball, on the pit wall because the bike has to yeah. make banking, leaning, because otherwise it starts spinning and we, so basically it starts wheeling. Yeah. Now with the yeah. rear height height device, which at the KTM, as far as I know, as I'm, if I'm informed well, is semi-automatic. Means you don't need to decide, just like the Ducati, when you want the rear to drop, that goes automatically. You just need to book the action before the corner by, you know, switching the lever on the handlebar. That's next corner, I want you to drop at the determined moment yeah. with all the mechanical devices are doing for you. Still, it's 
it's a lot to take in for a rider and he he took it in very very well so yeah Acosta is more or less like Mark where we it's still it's so nice to see but we expected it we knew it was going to be like that yeah yeah and uh, obviously KDM gas gas whatever you want to call them um KTM had that kind of pretty crazy um aero um you know on the confu- with the confusion for camouflage which basically um uh, I spoke to my F1 aerodynamicist Ali Rowland Ross Ali Rowland Rouse who who also races motorbikes so he knows what he's talking about he basically says it's it's, it's you're adding more ground effect further up yeah. the fairing so when the bike's on the side you're getting more ground effect yeah. so it's just more ground effect which gives you more grip which gives you better turning ground effect is the magic at the moment that, that's that's basically what they're after and they're obviously working with Red Bull Technologies the Formula 1 people and I think where we should finish is um, with the fastest guy who we haven't even mentioned Mr. Maverick Vinales <laughs> no I don't but that's <laughs> again winter, not a winter, surprise <laughs> he's supposed to be there he's the world champion contesting yeah he, he's the winter world champion uh, no I like Vinales a lot you know I just I just wish he could get his head together you know when he starts when he races but um, I think we should finish there and we'll be back next Sunday we've got quite an interesting podcast next Sunday we've got a guest we're talking about something a little bit different Um, we won't tell you what it is uh, but we'll see you next Sunday so um, thanks to Peter and thanks to our producer Sam and yeah thanks to all of you guys and girls for listening speak to you later bye bye